What's happening, everyone? Karen Ben back again. Um, as you know, we are in the midst of award season, so starting with a bit, very big contender, um, a movie that got a lot of buzz over the summer. Our previous episode was Barbie, um, so we were talking about that, and this movie was actually released on the same day, same weekend, Oppenheimer, or as the kids call it, Barbenheimer. So really funny, two very different, like totally different films. Oppenheimer, obviously following the life of Oppenheimer and him creating the atomic bomb and doing the Trinity test and kind of everything that happened after that. Starring, uh, directed by Christopher Nolan, starring uh, Killian Murphy and a bunch of, I mean, this had an even bigger cast than Barbie. We're talking about how big the Barbie cast was. This cast is even bigger. Ben, tell me about your history with the film. Okay, uh... Again, I work a lot, so I didn't know anything about this movie coming out or anything. And um, people were like, oh my god, it was one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. You have to see this movie. Um, it's phenomenal. It's going to make you like like sit in your chair. And it's it doesn't seem like it's uh, two and a half hours long. It's almost three hours. Actually, yeah. I think it's over three hours long. Yeah, so I was excited. I was like, oh, this sounds great. And, uh, you know, the, the, the concept of it really fascinated me because, you know, the, the guy who created the atomic bomb, I mean, good God, I mean... You know, what kind of genius is this? And um, I didn't like it. <laughs> okay, so I cannot wait to talk about that with you. So I saw Oppenheimer. So actually, I, if you listen to our Barbie episode, know that I was at Barbie for the weekend premiere. Uh, what I did not mention, because I was going to reveal it in this episode, was that I actually also went to Oppenheimer that night. So I saw both in one night. I saw Barbie, Barbie first and then Oppenheimer second. And... I, when I walked away from that double feature, I was like, wow, I did like Barbie more. Looking back at it, I think I like them both the same. You were all pinked out at Oppenheimer? <laughs> no, I actually brought a change of clothes. It was actually very funny. For uh, I don't think a lot of you follow me on Instagram. That's okay. But on my Instagram, it's very funny. I have all my Barbie um, outfits. And then I did bring like a pair of like black shoes and like a blazer to change into. And uh when I was doing my tickets, I was wearing a very distinctive um, dress. So I go to a lot of AMC theaters. Do you go to the, have you ever been to the AMC theater? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, um, there is a, uh, there's a monologue that's done by Nicole Kidman, the AMC monologue. Everyone uh, knows it. We come to this place for magic. Um, a beautiful monologue. Hilarious. I don't think Nicole Kidman's ever been to an AMC theater. There is money talks. Money money does talk. There is a clothing company out in California. It is called Fashion Brand Company. Shout out them. They are one of my favorite clothing designers ever. They created a dress that is that monologue bedazzled. The whole monologue. So I bought it, obviously. And then they actually had to discontinue it because AMC said this is copyright infringement. So I have some one of the only few dresses that were made of it. She will sell it for one million dollars. I will actually <laughs> never sell it. This dress has now become priceless to me. But nice. I wore this dress to Barbie, so I'm wearing it to Barbie. I'm all decked out. Very hilarious, very fun. I then change into my blazer and my boring shoes. And as, I, as I'm giving the tickets um, to the girl, she goes, you know, another girl had that same dress earlier today. And I go, funny story, I'm actually that same girl just with a different <laughs> jacket. And she was like, amazing. <laughs> Very funny. But our Oppenheimer, very long, three hours long. 
uh cillian murphy incredible he's doing a great job he's winning a lot of the awards um well deserved i think what he does the best is he kind of has these like eyes of torment and kind of like i thought that was the most one of the most interesting parts about oppenheimer is how what he did eats at, eats at him oh 100 percent. i mean like yeah i mean you basically made a weapon that not just it, it, it obliterated people like it didn't just kill them it made them ash it did. And I think and I think when he's having that conversation with the president, he's like, OK, we did it, uh, but we shouldn't use it. And he's like, LOL. OK, thank you for your contribution to America. And it's like, what? It's like he's like, wait, what? But like, we're not going to use it. Right. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. And I think it just shows like how people in power will manipulate and kind of corrupt scientists and to to do things that they need. Um, not saying that that's the main message of the story. Obviously, Oppenheimer was happy to do this. I mean, he created something so incredible and he was able to test it and not blow up the world. And there are just these like really great like close up shots of his face. And you just and you can just really feel him. I believe you can just really feel him kind of just like spiraling and thinking about everything he's done. Yeah, there's uh, one part where he's talking to another scientist. He goes, we're either going to blow up the world or revolutionize it. Yeah. And he's like and then like afterwards, they show him he's really torn about it. He's like, you know, I don't know what we're gonna do but it's kind of scary it is and i wish one thing i do wish about the story and i don't know i mean i did not read the book it's based off of um not really a historian so if i'm saying things that are that the answers are out there like my bad i wish that they followed more of the storyline of the students and like of the younger workers that were there and they were kind of trying to unionize like against against what they were doing because they realized like the weapon that they were making and i thought that was i thought that was incredibly interesting and i wish we did see a little bit more of that than just the glimpses of it oh yeah 100 percent. and like i think at one point they talked to oppenheimer about it yeah like they come to him and and one thing i liked about oppenheimer that i didn't realize was like all his communist ties and like um i thought that was really interesting how he was like very supportive of the union and like very supportive of like these students being like expressing their individuality and expressing their desires and kind of like coming together. Um, I thought that was really interesting because to me, it really cemented like who he was as a person and how he didn't really compromise with the US government. I mean, he did compromise by like giving them the weapon. Like I think he had to because they paid for it, but it, it showed how he really didn't compromise like who he was. I do believe Florence Pugh was killed. I don't think she was murdered. I do think she was killed. Oh, 100% to shut her up. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they thought she might have information from Hoppenheimer and they totally killed her. Like, yeah, they totally killed her. And then, like, her communist ties, they totally killed her. But I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting. I love Josh Hartnett in the film. Um, I thought his role as, like, a scientist was, like, really cool. Um, I really liked, I don't know. I really liked everyone. Matt Damon, he was funny. Um, There's a huge cast. Emily Blunt was great. Okay, so let's talk about Christopher Nolan and female characters. Um, I don't think uh, Christopher Nolan knows how to truly write a female character. Um, I've never seen, like, maybe Anne Hathaway and Interstellar, but I don't, did he write that? I don't know. Um, Christopher Nolan and women. Um, I've never seen a movie by Christopher Nolan where two women talk to each other. Um, I think that's incredibly interesting. Um, I'll tell you, there's two women in this movie and they don't talk to each other. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's you know the whole thing with the Russian thing. Um, it talks about it a little bit, but that was like a huge part of American history. Like, yeah. the Russian trials were like something that like totally were. devastated. Like, it separated like friends, it separated uh, you know, coworkers. Like, it was like a really bad manhunt. I mean, and everybody thinks that you know, the Communist Party wasn't in America because you don't know that it was. At one point, the Communist Party was a strong party in America until like it wasn't. Yeah. 
I mean, that makes sense to me. Okay. I don't know. The movie, the movie's good though. The movie's good though. So we follow Oppenheimer. Um, Christopher Nolan, I will say stylistically, is an incredible director. Can't, like his style, his technique is so good. Uh, he did use practical effects for the bomb instead of CGI, which I think is always commendable. Everyone knows how I feel on this podcast about practical effects. I think we should use them over CGI. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's so much better. CGI, like the, I don't know. Sometimes it comes out really good. Other times it look. You just tell it's CGI. It looks awful. It is, and CGI really dates itself. Um, and I don't, I don't like that. Um, kind of crazy. It. I don't know. I don't like CGI. So I really respect Christopher Nolan as this director that will use these practical effects, and I think it really pays off in the long run. Um, my favorite scene in Oppenheimer is right after the bomb goes off, and Chris and Christopher Nolan. And Oppenheimer is having to give a speech at that gymnasium. And, um, okay, the sound mixing of this movie, also incredible. Technically, this movie is, I think, beautiful. Technically, I think this movie is beautiful. The sound mixing is great. The practical effects are great. The scenery is amazing. And this scene that I'm about to talk about really blew my mind, like, from a technical standpoint um, and from a visual standpoint. So he's talking to this gymnasium, and they're all cheering because America is one. We have bombed Hiroshima. And he is not celebrating. And you can kind of see him. He just, like, there's this big ringing, and there's, like, all this white light. And then he starts seeing everyone in the crowd as, like, these Hiroshima victims. And it is a haunting scene. Haunting. And it is so technically well done. It, I thought it was beautiful. To me, like, if I had to pick, pinpoint a part of the movie that I like the most, I would say it was that part. Yeah, you know, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the effects of those bombings are still today. Oh, still today. I mean, so, like, I when I watched that part, I was like, yeah, if that really happened to Oppenheimer, I totally can relate to this because he must have felt, even though he created this awesome, um, like, atomic bomb, but to know that it was used and used to wipe out thousands. I think there's one part when they actually say to him, when he's in trial, he yeah. said, did you know it wiped out X amount of people? And he was like, I didn't intend for it to do that. Yeah. And I okay, so now that we've brought up like the trial of Oppenheimer and like then the trial of uh Strauss, um, so this movie was much more of like courtroom film or like a trial film than I thought it was going to be. Because you have Oppenheimer on trial flashing back and then you have Strauss on trial kind of talking about it. Um Robert Downey Jr. does give a phenomenal uh performance. I think Rami Malik gives a phenomenal performance. Um Ald- Alden Eldridge gives a great performance. Um I forget the name of the lawyer, but he gave me a lot of like the prosecutor from At- Anatomy of the Fall energy, just like not as cool. I don't know. I so so to me, this is what's crazy because the movie. I didn't. I mean, maybe in the trailers, I misunderstood them. I didn't really think it was gonna be like a trial film. So I was assuming that the Trinity test would happen, and then um, the movie would like kind of end maybe in like twenty minutes. Um, there was like an hour and a half still after that, and I was like, "Jeez, Louise." Yeah, a hundred percent. Like we were talking um, off mic, and I said, "I said this movie could have been totally windled down to." under these two and a half hours and i would not have been upset i would not have been upset so one thing that is really funny was all the scenes where they're like riding horses so like i had said i had seen this movie right after um barbie and the line that ryan gosling says when he's like oh i like the patriarchy more when i thought it was all about horses that line just kept like repeating through my head every time they're in like los alamos or wherever they were just like effing riding horses i was like are you guys kidding me (laughs) are you kidding me um but the scenery, beautiful. Um, 
I thought it was really interesting to show like what a strong like because to me like Emily Blunt's character um Kitty his wife um I thought she was an incredibly interesting character how she kind of like stood by him and was like this is what you got to do like you got to pull yourself together like even after like the death of his mistress um Florence Pugh um I thought it was I thought it was really interesting like how she like kind of like pulled him out of that place like okay so when he's when she finds him after he's like riding his horse like and he's like out in the snow kind of just like sitting there do you think he was just gonna like let himself die there oh 100 percent. okay me too i think he had given up yeah okay me too which also i hated like like you're gonna kill yourself by just like sitting out in the effing snow whatever well i thought it was like like remember how like the cut scene where he saw like all the the white and the and the death of the bodies Mm -hmm. i think for him to be out in the snow was his way of being covered in white and just like being okay okay so like it was like more of like a metaphoric way to die I, mean, I don't know. That could be me. I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. So, okay. I get that. I get that. I get that. Okay. I thought she died before the Trinity test. Did she? I, I mean, the movie's three hours. I, I like, I have no before. idea. I thought they killed her before the Trinity test yes, and then he finished it. In the tub, it. right? I thought, I thought I yeah, I in the tub. In yeah, the tub. I could be, I could be wrong. I, could I mean, wrong. I will say, I do like how that scene is filmed because you see the hands there and then you see him gone and it's like, did she kill? Because, like, it's actually her death is still up to up in the air as if she was murdered or killed herself. And I do believe that she was murdered. Yeah, yeah. You can watch the movie, but, like, if you think about, like, the way governments work. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to smash governments, but it's true. If they think that you're a threat, you will be gone. You will be gone. And she was a threat, and he was kind of a threat, and I think that's why they try to strip him of his status. Um, I thought it was interesting to see all the people that testified against him, um, most specifically Benny Safdie's character. And I liked how, um, at the end, Emily Blunt did not shake his hand, like, when he's getting the Lifetime Achievement Award, like, in the future, and Emily Blunt, like, does not shake Benny Safdie's hand, and she's like, mm-mm, I know what you did. I thought that, I thought, she was, like, she was a real one for that. I mean, she was a real one all throughout it, but she, especially for that. Yeah, I liked when she was, like, do something. Stop sitting there. And do Say something. something. She's like, this is our life. She's like, it's not just your life. It's our life. She's like, if you don't fight for us, who will? Yeah. And I really liked that. And I thought, I thought she was a great character. Wish she had more screen time. Um, let's talk about Robert Downey Jr. Um, he plays Strauss, who's like the leader who wants to become the head of an institute. And so they're like, um, he's on like a committee board to see. And I think he loses at the end. Oh, yeah. He 100% loses. Uh, because it comes out that he backed them trying to get Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. Trouble. And um, he's like, did it hurt me? And they're like, yeah. The guy's like, oh, no, you're good. And he's like, no, it hurt me, didn't it? And you're yeah. Like, yeah, you lost. You lost. Um, I thought he was really interesting because he was like, he thought everything was like about him and like literally nothing was about him. So he had this like petty vendetta for nothing. And I think it kind of shows how like insecure <laughs> we can be. And if we just maybe, I don't know, had a conversation instead of trying to undermine and ruin people, maybe life would be different. Yeah, I think a lot of people for no reason feel slighted by someone else, but it's actually nothing. It's but in their mind they make it up where the person's trying to get them. Yeah. You know, and it's really like not and in this movie it's hundred percent not Oppenheimer doesn't care about this guy. He's not trying to hurt this guy. He's just Oppenheimer's just doing what he thinks is best. Oppenheimer is so consumed with guilt of what he's done that this man means literally nothing to him. And this man thinks that he has his whole life. Like He's like, I don't I don't know. And I think that's really I think that's really interesting because it comes from insecurity and ego. Right. And I think um, Robert Downey Jr. really portrays that in like a professionally competitive setting. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, the Einstein part. Very cool. Phenomenal. She did a cut an edit where she um, cut together the scene from Euphoria where Cassie is getting blown off by Nate 
and the scene where Robert Downey Jr. is getting blown off by um, Einstein, and it's like the same scene, like like visually. Um, it's so funny. I think I like that more than I liked all of Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I really enjoyed the conversation between Oppenheimer and Einstein. Oh, it was good. Yeah, I like that because in my mind, I'm like, here are these two absolute geniuses standing together and talking and having this uh, inept conversation about like what what it means to be famous in in the science community yeah you know and i thought that was really great uh and i wish it was longer like uh, there's a there's a part i'm I'm not i'm not religious i just want to say this there's a part in the bible where it's supposed to be jesus meets the devil and they're talking and um it's like like not even a paragraph and i'm like wait a minute you have the son of god talking to the devil and you don't even do a paragraph and then in Oppenheimer, I was like, wait a minute, you have Einstein and you have Oppenheimer and you're not going to have this like really long conversation. You're just going to have like a, a little thing where he's like, this is what it means to be famous. And, uh, like, what? No, get get more in depth. I want to do this. But I think it I think that was like because like it's kind of implied that they have like this uh, this like long, like long standing kind of like respectful friendship of like professional like um, professionalism. Like, I don't know. But I, I did think it was interesting and I do wish it was longer. But Okay, so like my dumb brain, I didn't realize that Oppenheimer and Einstein like were alive in the same era. I had no clue. <laughs> so, so you're not alone on that. I so. was like, um, I was like, that like really took me aback, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize. Like, but then it was like cool. So, um, my sister, um, Ariana, and her boyfriend Toby, they are both um physics PhD students. Um, so they really enjoyed the film, like, and I think they got a lot more out of it because of all the the little scientists that were in there and all the little theories and formulas that were coming out. Like I was talking to them and they're like, isn't it so cool to see da 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 and da 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 and da da da. And I was like, the side characters. Okay. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, so I think too, like different, like a lot of, like you can get a lot of different things out of this film. Like I obviously didn't know any of that going into it and they did. Yeah. I like movies that talk about history a lot because like they talk about people that like might not be forefronted in our in our in our minds. Like I, that's why I liked Hamilton because they talked about other people that you know were in that era besides Washington and you know and Hamilton and Jefferson. He, they talked about other characters that were there, like Madison and and I like that you know Monroe because you don't see a lot about those people. So the same thing with Oppenheimer. These scientists that like are overlooked for their contributions because they're still they, people think nothing of them because they don't know about them. To have them in there was kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I thought it was cool. I thought the movie the movie was well done and it was well acted because here's the thing. Christopher Nolan is a good director. So he's gonna put out a good movie. So it is like visually amazing, stylistically flawless. Um uh, maybe not flawless because it was a little long. I mean we talked about that. Um the set's beautiful. The practical effects are incredible. It's like my favorite part of the movie. And I think that's like one of the things that really stands out to me, um, especially in this as I always say, CGI world, we need practical effects. And I was actually just reading an article. This could be a little side tangent. I was just actually just reading an article about um, they're doing a Beetlejuice 2. And Michael Keaton. I knew that. Yeah. And Michael Keaton was really saying like, how he's really pushing for them to stay away from CGI because Tim Burton did all practical effects in the first one. And I think that's what makes it so great. And I think that's what they need to do in the second one. Yeah, I'm always quoting Beetlejuice or singing, <laughs> I love Beetlejuice. Or singing Shake, 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 Shinora. I like, I, I love Beetlejuice, and like, I can't wait for this. I, if it's done right, and I think Michael Keaton's pushing that. Um, that's all I have. A little quick little quib about practical effects. Um, we will get back to Oppenheimer though. So, Oppenheimer up for all these Oscars. I do believe Cillian Murphy should or Killian Cillian Cillian. I think it's Cillian. 
Killing. Okay. I don't know. I'm so sorry, you guys. And I don't want to don't want to mispronounce his name because I love him so much. Um, he uh just won the BAFTA for this role and he deserves it. I think. And I think too, it is. It's like okay. So what it, what does great acting mean to you? Like, is it like when you have like these really long, like kind of dramatic, yelly, crying speeches? Or is it more like when you have these kind of like smaller nuanced performances where you really see the actors kind of portraying things like with their bodies and with their faces and like um, how they're. Um... OK, so I think it's Killian. But I think so it's like I think he's deserving of this um, best actor because I think like in those scenes that we were talking about where he's really just kind of breaking down is when it's when his acting really shines. Yeah. Yeah. And like we were talking off. Mike, again, we talk a lot. Of we talk a lot. Um, and I was just saying, like, for me, one of the parts I didn't like was the fact they do a lot of flashbacks. But when they do the flashbacks, they never let him be younger. Like, he looks the same as he does in every single scene. So that was driving me crazy. I'm like, wait a minute, where are we? Because it made me get lost in the movie. I was like, well, where are we? What century yeah. are we in? He looks exactly the same. Except at the very end, and they put, like, a little gray highlights on his hair. And I was like, that's what you're going with? <laughs> yeah, I was like, really? I'm like, hold on. The whole thing, you're doing flashbacks. You couldn't make him look younger. But, you know, at the very end, you're going to put local gray on his temples and be like, okay, here he is. I'm like, stop that. I know. That was crazy. And, like, they make Emily Blunt look wicked old. They give her, like, age spots and, like, all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, come on. Like, Christopher Nolan, I get it. You don't know how to write a woman or do her makeup. Like, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Um, But, yeah, they he really does look the same throughout the whole thing. But I, like, so, like, I liked... I liked him as a person and as a character because he did seem to have like a lot of integrity and he did seem to be very smart and it did seem like he was very capable. So I really did like everything um, that he kind of represented um, in the film. Yeah. And like the jump back scenes for me weren't bad. Like like there was a lot of them, but it made sense kind of like it was like he would be thinking and his thoughts, you know, he, of course, he projects them into the actual what's going on. So I got that. I was like, all right, I get it. You know, it's a flat. There was a lot of jump back scenes. Like and I was like, well, okay, where are we right now? I was like, oh, okay, we're in the past. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> so that was kind of aggravating, but it didn't take away from the movie. It, I go, I got the whole thing because you have to think about the past because you're in the future. Like, I got yeah, it. and I mean, he's like on trial, like recounting like what's going on. Yeah, um, but did it need to be two and a half, almost three hours long? No, I don't think it did. I don't care. Like, people can say, oh, it needed. No, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't need to be that long. It didn't need to be that long. It was incredibly long. Um. It was incredibly long, but, like, you know, like, watch it. Um, my dad I was just talking to my dad because I was talking to him on my way here. And um, we were talking, and he was saying that there is a documentary that just came out about Einstein. And they say to watch that and then follow it up with Oppenheimer because they say it's a really good double feature. So I thought, th I thought that was interesting. I mean, I don't know if I could take that many science movies, but to each your own. Yeah, I, I, one of the things I've always thought fascinating was like I don't know how true it is but they said that Einstein couldn't believe that one and one was two like he it, it, to him it, it, that was not feasible so like would it be his brilliance like believing like it had to be different I mean it just I don't know it was weird for me yeah that is weird I don't but see here's the thing like I was I was having this conversation um the other day um and we I was talking and we were saying like I'm like I feel like I'm pretty smart like I'm a pretty smart person but I actually don't know how some things work, like gravity. You can explain it to me. I do not understand it. Parts of the science of this movie, you can explain it to me, and I still don't understand 
Listen, I get confused as how electricity doesn't shoot out sockets. So we're <laughs> I like, I'm so sorry. There are some things where I'm just like magic. Like I don't ask me how it works. It actually doesn't work. It just happens. Birds flying. Birds. Do you, I like saw this thing and I don't know if it's like true or not, but it was saying that birds actually don't need to flap their wings to fly. They just do that to not freak out humans. And I was like, first of all, how are birds cognizant enough to know human emotion? <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> like that doesn't make sense to me. And also that's kind of cool. Like if I didn't have to flap, like do I have to pretend to do more work to fly? Ridiculous. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things in life that I'll never understand. Like I'll never understand how we we keep on venturing into space, but we don't venture into the ocean, which is probably like the one thing in the world that no one knows anything about. Oh my God. The ocean. Okay. So let me ask you this question. Cause I, I, I'd love to ask this question. What are you more afraid of space or the ocean? sharks yeah the ocean the ocean is so much scarier than space uh, 10 out of 10 times i devastate yes thank you thank so, you me and kim watch like uh house hunters oh my god we're always like it's always like in the caribbean or something like that and first thing kim will say is like yeah you're not gonna move that because sharks going in the water and i'm like sharks sharks <laughs> sharks let's say because i don't want to be eaten it's painful it- <laughs> and and they could eat you right? so no no and like you know with oppenheimer like he became he became the beast. I mean, he, yeah. he became the monster he didn't want to become. I mean, like, and you could see it in the movie because he's like torn for what he's done. Like he, he didn't never intended for this to be the devastating weapon it was. And when it killed all those people, like it, it devastated him. I mean, and then I don't think that's why he didn't fight uh, at the trial. I think he was just like, because self- he had his own guilt that he yeah. was working through. And then, Absolutely. And I didn't realize how quickly like the atomic bomb was created and then right into the nuclear. Oh I, yeah. I was like, what? Uh, that, that fast. And like, and that he had a part in the nuclear um, situation and like his paper, like that he wrote was like banned because it was against, you know, them using the nuclear. I don't, I didn't know any of this. So like, you know, a lot of, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. So I thought that was kind of interesting because I love history. So I was like, you know, enthralled with that. But like I said, um, there was a lot of parts that couldn't have been in the movie that I didn't need to see. Could have dwindled it down to at least, uh, you know what, maybe two hours. I would have been like, oh, okay. But almost three, I was like, okay, this is really long. This is getting ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, cut out all the scenes of them riding horses. There's 40 minutes right there. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that many riding horses. Scenes. I like horses. Okay. Well, <laughs> the patriarchy, when I thought it was made of horses, I was way more into it. So, But no, Oppenheimer is really good, and I totally agree with that. Like, it, it is long. Um, he, he's, he does an amazing job. He deserves every award that he's getting. Um, I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's interesting. I, I think it's a good concept. I think it's an interesting movie to come out at this time. I think it's a very interesting movie to come out at this time. I think a lot of the discussions around it have been incredibly interesting, um, especially with everything that is going on in the world. I, I don't know. I think I think it's really interesting um, that they picked this movie to come out, but it's good. It's good. Uh, Cillian Murphy does deserves every award that he's getting. It's a it's a good movie. I think it's coming to Peacock or HBO Max soon. It's already on Peacock. It's already on Peacock. Do not listen to me. So um, when we covered Barbie, that's on HBO Max. Yes, yes, it is. And then Oppenheimer is on Peacock. So do a double feature. Don't do a double feature. I don't know. The way that these two movies kind of like took the summer by storm, I thought was really interesting only because I don't know. I, I didn't think like like I guess they're really big, but like to compete with. I don't know. The, the It was a huge phenomenon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like like uh, Bobenheimer was like the thing everybody talked about it like i remember 
my friend Luke uh, that works with me at Trader Joe's in Nashua, he uh, works in the movie theater. And he was talking how, like, he was a bartender and they had to come up with, like, this pink drink and, and like, everybody's wearing pink. And it was, like, this big, gigantic, like, um, groundbreaking thing for the world. Like, like, people, like, came from everywhere to watch this movie. Oh, my God. The movie, the movie, the movie took everyone by storm. And I thought I, I did it true. I went that opening weekend knowing that it was going to be crowded. I went to two basically sold out shows, but I knew I had to because I knew I, there's only going to be like the movies I now think are like finally back, baby. Like we had movies were kind of dwindling, kind of like we're getting bored with them. Then the pandemic hit. And now I think we're coming out of it. And I really do think the movies are back. And I really do think making interesting films are back and i think now people are a little less encumbered by like i mean there's still obviously a studio notes and studios that um impede in films but i do think that movies are really coming back in a big way and i think this was one of the weekends where we really saw that and i think it was so interesting to see like the two different types of crowds that were there but both all equally like enthralled in the film yeah and that for me that was amazing because i like originality like i'm kind of depressed because they're remaking Roadhouse and they're remaking Twister. And I'm like, why? Why? So I don't think that. So I don't think they're remaking Twister. I think they're just doing Twister again. It's called Twisters. It doesn't look like they're trying to really. I think that it's more paying homage to the first. I am really excited all for right, Twisters. Because right, I'm sad about this. <laughs> I know, but I don't think it's like a full remake. I think. Is it Holly Hunter? Helen Hunt? Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Sorry. I always confuse two H's. I always get them confused. Helen Hunt. Like, I don't think she's in the trailer, but I do think that she would come in and do like a surprise appearance. Cow. Cow. Like, they're same cow. <laughs> I think like, I think like, I th- I don't know. I think it's going to be really well done. Um, I'm I'm really excited for Twisters. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I just happened to see the, the trailers for it and like Roadhouse. And I was like, Road- why would you remake Roadhouse? But I'm like, you know what? They might be better. They could be better. I mean, I'm just waiting for them to remake Saturday Night Fever. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. at this point, nothing's sacred. But uh, Walking Tall was a bust. I was kind of sad. How are we going to make a, a true movie about uh, Buford Pusser and have The Rock play him? Oh, my I, God. I know, right? I like, what? No. That's not, how are you going to have him be Buford Pusser? I'm like, stop it. But I'm hoping that these do do better. I think they will. I think. I Here's the thing. I think they will. Um, But back to Oppenheimer. Um, definitely watch it. Um, do I think it's like the seminal movie of 2023? No. Do I think it's a great movie that came out? Yeah. Very technical. Watch it for the technical parts of it. The production, the sound mixing, the sound editing, the cinematography. Like it's all beautiful. The bomb, the practical effects. Like it is really, it's fascinating. The work that went into this film is is phenomenal. I 100% agree. If you get a chance, watch it. Watch Barbie. Um, watch the flower moon um, killers of the flower moon yes that yeah, watch those um we'll probably be doing one on that I'm definitely going to be doing one on the um the holdovers the, the holdovers so we got a lot of stuff coming up and um it's gonna be fun we're gonna talk about kira's trip and um it'll be a lot oh of my god that. yeah if you guys want to just hear me uh talk about my trip stay tuned uh that episode will be coming soon um so uh again thank you guys for listening uh we are in award season so we are going to be covering a lot of those award films um but always as always write in give us suggestions tell us what you're feeling uh we're a big community and we're a big family so sorry that i was gone for so long but now i'm back all right catch us next time on what's happening